Hi, Priscilla McKinney here, Mama Bird and CEO at Little Bird Marketing. I'm so excited to announce finally, my book is out. Collaboration is the new competition. Why the future of work rewards a cross-pollinating hive mind and how not to get left behind. So what's the book about? (laughs) The impetus was really about a gap that I saw in the business vernacular about how we need to work together to get ahead and have much bigger wins. I think it's super important right now because there is a growing need for collaboration in the business world. And I made this book super practical. In fact, the chapters tell you how many minutes it's going to take for you to get through them. I know you're busy, but these kinds of ideas are going to, I hope, permeate into your thought process and help you get ahead quicker. The first part of the book is about what is the state of affairs in business and why I believe collaboration is really needed. And it also goes on to explain these are the fundamentals that need to happen so you can have collaboration. So once you set yourself up for the win, then it's not always smooth sailing. And I finished the last half of the book giving you seven different anchors that you can use as a practical tool in order to make sure you stay on course. So in a time when business has never been more complicated, this book offers a fresh and, in my opinion, much needed perspective. It moves away from that idea of linear success and instead brings people together to give you a competitive advantage. Visit PriscillaMcKinney.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the little bird marketing company podcast. I'm Priscilla, the mama bird and CEO here with you as always, but we are going to have, and I've got to insert some interesting new intro music right here for the show, which is now with my new guest. This is going to be the new collaboration show. So Andy Crestadina, welcome to this new, I don't know, what will we call it like experimental theater or something? (laughs) Collaborations from the perch. I love it. This is uh, going to be very Dada today. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've been looking forward to this. And your recent content focus just meshes so well with tactics that I've loved for years. So this will be fun. Okay, this is what we're going to do, people. If you know and love Andy Cressadina, you know that he will constantly help you. Okay, you already know this. He'll break things that seem to be incredibly complex down to very simple steps. You will have to watch the video six times because trust me, what he says is simple. You still have to go, let me think about that. And I have told people over and over again that content chemistry is the Bible that we use at Little Bird Marketing if you are curious at all. So you need to go get his book. But today we're gonna do something different. We're just gonna really talk from the position of two major collaborators. We love to collaborate. We sit on the leadership of our agencies and we don't lead with this crazy top-down didactic, do this, do that. And even when Andy and I end up in a group working with people, we often don't have the exact understanding of how things are going to completely play out. And that's because we're very open to just being around great people, networking with great people, and seeing what can emerge. So we're going to talk a little bit 
quite openly about our mindsets and how we do that. So Andy and I, in all fairness, just both spoke at Insights Marketing Day. And of course, he's just a fan favorite. Everybody is, oh, I'll come back next year and hear what he has to say. We'll try and they try in the year to implement the thing that you mentioned at Insights Marketing Day. (laughs) And then I got to talk about collaboration, but this is a hundred percent how we go about doing our work. So Andy, tell people what you do at Orbit Media Studios, first of all, and then how you lead. What's that mindset that is very collaborative? Orbit Media Studios is a digital agency that's totally focused on the website itself. So designing and developing high-performing B2B lead gen websites, and then optimizing them after their lives for both search and conversion. I'm one of the co-founders. This is year 23. I've been doing it a long time. And then maybe 15 years ago, got very active in content marketing and started my long adventure into blogging, email, social, influencer marketing. And it wasn't long before I realized that my success would be a function of my network. And ultimately, many people who became friends, Priscilla, your example number one here, because I started to pitch, I realized that I could get access to a much larger audience if I started reaching out to blogs and editors. And then it became pretty obvious pretty quick that just I really didn't have a name or any reputation or any network. So the antidote for that is to simply help the people around you reach out, support those who are nearby, just add value to every conversation that you can. And then that led to this other principle of me, including other people in my content. Whenever I wrote anything, I basically never read an article without a contributor quote. And then just to being involved with people on formats like this, Priscilla, you and I right now, this is a case in point of just how Two people can join forces and add value for a much larger audience, which is more fun. It's better content and reaches more people for better value for everybody. And we've been collaborating for years. (laughs) I love this idea. Let's start just real quickly about how you don't even post a blog without having at least one contributor quote. And this is actually, I think, probably the first way I connected with you is I answered a survey that you do every year about blogging. And everybody wants to have their voice heard, but also as content creators, we also want to know what people are doing, how long it's taking people to get things done. And we want to be able to benchmark our work. And so you have this piece that you put out every year. It's been, it's so cool to see it, how it's been tracked over so long. What is it like 13 years or something at this point? We just wrapped up the 10th, 10 years of the same program. It's so cool. And it is invaluable. It's a way I also communicate to my team what we're doing in this industry. So you are very collaborative. Let's break that down. When we say you're collaborative about how you develop content, give us some other examples. This whole episode is going to be us just pulling the curtain back and telling people what we do. Yeah. There's a lot of people who produce content. They work hard at it. They add value. They add visuals. They specific examples and how-to tips and step-by-step instructions. And then they post it and they hope that others will get involved with it. We'll see it, we'll share it, we'll mention it. And this philosophy, at least in this one strategy, is to flip that and to first make others aware of it and then post it. How do you make others aware of it? You reach out to them and you ask them for their insights, for their input. You ask them to contribute or ask them what they think of it. Even before you begin writing, you can just put a question that's relevant to your topic, let a social network and just leave it open. Just like, who has any thoughts about this? And just when people engage, you can begin refining the idea. You can find experts who might be able to add value or add their own insights or another point of view. 
So it is so effective in its in its ability to get the attention of influencers that you feel like you're cheating. It's like I'm stacking the deck. This works that well. Yeah, it does because I'm not going to post and then hope Priscilla sees it. I'm going to ask Priscilla if she wouldn't mind contributing to it when she gets my email. It says, would you like to be featured in this article? 100% of people open that email. And then a short quote from her, even if it disagrees with my assertions in the article, even better. I love that. That's great. Like it's a conversation. So it's like moving the blog comments up into the article itself. It's getting the influencers involved with it before it even goes live. It's zero waste marketing. You're literally getting value from this piece during the process of creating it. Even before you hit the publish button, it opened doors for you because you flipped the script. You're part of the press. You're a press hit to them. And when you reach out, people love to contribute to stuff. Everyone's People wake up in the morning hoping to be interviewed. So what you're talking about, this flip of the whole concept on its head, is really about crowdsourcing things. And I love what you're saying here is that you can crowdsource the idea and then crowdsource the content. Don't stop at just crowdsourcing the content. Go all the way back. And I do agree with you about that's also a fantastic way to bake into how relevant it's going to be to your audience. Because if you pose a question that nobody's interested in, they're not going to engage. And there's your answer. Like nobody wants to talk about that. (laughs) So I love that, but it's as simple as getting on social and doing it. And then you have gone all the way to very complicated surveys and longitudinal surveys about things. And so, of course, you can extrapolate this over the years into something very complex and a little bit more beautiful or a little bit more reach, but it also can be very simple. And I love that. But I want to call out something that I didn't hear you say, but I think that you and I both would agree with is that when you collaborate There's also an element where you get the opportunity to start maybe punching above your weight and Mm -hmm. you get to reach out to people and people who are further along in their entrepreneurial or their content marketing or their web or their Mm -hmm. analysis, whatever, their journey, they often are incredibly busy. We know this, but I love your point of the email that 100% gets open is, could you collaborate? Could you be featured in this for Mm -hmm. me? And this is a way that we can almost get access to anyone because we're not saying, hey, I'm going to connect with you and now I'm going to exact something from you. You're saying, hey, I want to connect with you and I want to collaborate with you. I want to help you. And I'm also interested in hearing what you might need back. Because when you talk about that crowdsourcing, and now you're willing to mention me and put Mm -hmm. me on your real estate of your website, now you're giving me something of value. And so it's not about taking from people. And that's what's so beautiful about this. That's what you're sharing insights and sharing audience. Those are the two things. It's not a transaction, but both parties are getting value for sure. And it's fun and it satisfies an emotional need to just connect with other humans. But you just said something that's really interesting and I I found to be a counterintuitive outcome of this. Often the influencers who are ahead or are where you want to be or you looked up, up to for years, sometimes those are the people that are the easiest to collaborate with because they budget time for PR. Sometimes if you work with someone who's never provided a contributor quote and you ask them for a quick quote, they'll ask you, how many words? And you say, 100 words is great. Whatever you've got time for. How soon do you need it? I don't know. Tuesday might be good or maybe Friday at the latest. Okay, should it, what kind of time? They start asking all these questions. You're moving <laughs> back and forth. It's, I'm just asking a short blurb would be great anytime if you can. The pros frequently, unless a lot of influencer marketing experts or influencers who, when you reach out to them, they just immediately respond. 
Because in their day-to-day, their approach to time management allows them to take seven minutes at a stretch to read a piece and then provide a quick bit of insight to it. I am I'm surprised at how fast the responses are from influencers that I've admired and looked up to for years and how slow and painful it can be to work with people who've never done it before. It's ironic. No, I totally agree with that. You're like, man, I'm giving you access to my audience, access to my stage, access to all of these things, but they just don't see it yet. So don't be one of those people who don't see it. It's almost like maybe you look at it and go, it's too good to be true. But when you get the opportunity, just go for it. I just received something. It's funny you mentioned that just the other day from Crispin Beal in our industry for market Mm -hmm. research. And he's, hey, for Thanksgiving, we're doing a quote about this and what we should be focused on. It was just so simple. And I just remember, I'm like, huh? two minutes later to send it back. He'll let me know if it's not right or he'll let me know if he doesn't want to use it or wants to throw it in the garbage. That's fine. It's not my problem. (laughs) And the absolute pros are often very fast to hit record and to make a tiny video of themselves giving insights. If you've done this a few times, you realize really just how low the commitment is, how fast, how much value can be added with a few words and a short email. But also your point about I'm featuring you, I really want to roll out the red carpet for these contributors a little bit. And our approach is to put their face, their name, their job title, and a link to their website next to this quote. It's not as if I'm just like faking them in or burying this thing. No, I really do want to spotlight them and their expertise, not only because it's pure gratitude, but it also just spices up the page. As you're scrolling down, you see their face. It just makes it more engaging. I think also one thing I know about you is that you're always learning. And so to constantly put other people around you that you admire and say, okay, I'm not sure how you're getting this this XYZ done. So if I pull you a little closer, you'll probably provide some insight to me. And I think it is about staying humble like that and saying, I still have a lot of things to learn from people. And I want to give people a, a real example of something that we did where you helped me, you collaborated with me and really helped me punch above my weight. But you're friends with Anne Handley, and we talk about some people who we admire. I admire anybody who has over 100,000 LinkedIn fans. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So not bad. And you and I both know how hard it is to continually create content, to be a consistent provider. And you're an amazing provider of consistent content. Listen, if you have not subscribed to his newsletter, everybody at my place knows, I hope you read it because we'll be talking about it in the next meetings. But being prolific is harder than it looks. Anne Handley is somebody who's incredibly prolific. And I wanted to have her speak at our Insights Marketing Day. And I knew that you had a connection. You've spoken with her and are personal friends with her. And you were so kind to make that introduction. And right away, it's, look, these are the things I could do for you, Anne. Is this and this? Are these worth your time? And it just helped her be able to make a decision quickly, as opposed to these very vague. I don't know. I don't know what Priscilla wants. It's like maybe something that if you want to collaborate with people, you've got to be clear about what you need and what you can give. And I so appreciated that. You went to bat for me with Anne and we ended up all sharing the stage this year at Insights Marketing Day and it was super fun. (laughs) Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about this show's sponsor. Yes, I finally wrote my book. I'm an author. It's published. It's available on Amazon. And you ask, Priscilla, how did you do it? (laughs) Are you an aspiring author looking to transform your ideas into a compelling book that elevates your brand and establishes your authority or in your industry? You're probably like me and wondering how on earth you're actually going to make that happen given all of the demands of your busy schedule. Well, I didn't do it alone. And that's the good news. 
but you also want to be in the process in such a meaningful way. And I know there's some talk out there about people ghostwriting books, but that's really not a good formula for communicating truly what you know and how you know it. Instead, I prefer a scribe method. And what this involves is you getting large chunks of time where you're talking one-on-one with the scribe and working your ideas out all the while a transcript is happening. And then someone can go in, refine, edit, and then present back to you what you said. So don't let your story remain untold just because you have a busy schedule. I want to put you in touch with a scribe that would work for you and see what it would take to get you further down the road to becoming that published author. Just send me a line at info at littlebirdmarketing.com and I'll help you take that next step, give you the link to make that connection and see if this is right for you. Don't miss out on an opportunity to make your mark in the literary world. I know you have a book in you. She is a home run. Anyone that can book her for any room, but hats off to you, Priscilla. You made that happen. I didn't, all I did was make an introduction. And it makes me want to pull more from your brain. I know this is your show, but that point about being uber clear about what you need and what you can give. Can you just unpack that a little bit more for the listeners and for me personally, because your session that day really stuck with me and I'm looking to be better at this. What can you share with us to make me a better collaborator? Okay, I find this so hilarious that you're asking me because I see you as such an amazing collaborator. For example, you talking about when you do crowdsource and you quote, people for your pieces, putting their image, doing the link, all these kinds of things. These things don't cost you but time. So the website real estate is not charging you per line. (laughs) So you can give that till the ends of the earth. And you being Andy Cressadina know how important that link is to other people, how valuable that is, right? So leading with that value, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I better really get a great quote here so that Andy will put me on my on his next blog. So I think you already do that. But what you and I talked about that I think was maybe new or sparked a new idea for you was this anchor that I have when I'm not sure where to go in collaboration or I'm not sure what the opportunities are, I have this anchor that's called Itchy Backs and it sounds really weird. No, I it's, love a little, it. <laughs> it's a little it's creepy. So good. But I think about who in this room has an itch they just can't get to. It's not possible mm-hmm. for me to give myself more gravitas by me quoting me on my blog. I can't nope. give it to myself. It's not a matter of time or of whatever. I need someone else to give this to me. So if I look at that, and for example, you look at Priscilla and say, oh, she's got a new book out. So what does she need? She needs someone to review the book. If I need something from Priscilla, what don't I lead with? Hey, can I review your book on Amazon? And in return, I'd really love to be on your podcast. Okay, nobody's charging me per second to air this or to interview you. Of course, it's our time, it's our energy, it's our creativity, but this is what we love. And this is also our trade. (laughs) But it doesn't matter how long this interview goes, people are only going to be interested if the guest is interesting and we talk Mm -hmm. about something of value. But really, the podcast interview itself doesn't cost me but my internal team and my time, which I've already budgeted for one in Ponderings from the Purge, one episode per week. So it's who gets in to those. I got 52 of them a year. (laughs) Who's going to get them? So if someone wanted that from me, 
I would be able to give that. That's not asking me for, Priscilla, can you give me $2,000? That's not asking me for that kind of a favor. You're asking me for a favor I can easily give, but you're giving me a favor you can easily give. What is it going to cost you to give me an Amazon review of my book, which I just would like to stop by saying, and Andy and I would all love a five-star review of our books. (laughs) There's my pitch for all of us today. It's an important point. And if you want to, just to go straight to some of these points, the reciprocity bias is very strong. If you do something nice for someone, they automatically will feel a, a desire to return that favor to you. Certain people, it's sort of obvious if you just stand back and think about it, that this what's worth to them. People very highly, the podcast reviews and book reviews, if you want to say thank you or to later on in life, maybe get some help from an author an Amazon review will be very grateful. I know who's written Amazon reviews for me, and I will forever feel gratitude toward them. I don't often do it, but one of the things that triggers huge reciprocity bias in people, something that makes people feel very grateful, is the video review on Amazon. If you want to really give someone a gift that in the monetary equivalent is like a gold wrapped in diamonds or something like that, Amazon, <laughs> a video review on Amazon, or maybe they're an event director, or they're promoting an event, they got a webinar coming up, or you're part of something. It's not required, but they're always very grateful when you make a video for someone promoting their event. Andrew Davis, you may know, does this every time. Anytime that he speaks anywhere, he makes a video commercial for the event. Who doesn't want to book Drew Davis? Not only is he amazingly gifted presenter and one of the very best, but also he wants your event to succeed and he's invested in it with you. And, And so That's an issue back for every event organizer and Andrew's there to scratch it. I love this idea of go ahead and ingratiate yourself to someone. Like don't hold back. And I think that's about, sometimes people feel like, oh, that's icky. I'm doing something nice for someone. So they'll do something for me. No, it's not a, if then it's a way of walking in the world and then it sparks reciprocity. And I'll do you one better. Maybe I shouldn't have had part of my book be itchy backs, but it does come also from this idea that you've all heard of these very complicated flows of organ donation and Mm. transplant. So they have these complicated transplants where, okay, you need a liver, but your mom has a kidney, all these things about who's giving what, and they do these matches for kidney donors. I'm pretty sure I'm not a medical (laughs) professional, but this person can give this kidney, but it's not going to work for their loved one. So they give it into the pool, but then that pool finds someone else who this one, and at some point, whether it's six people or it's 600 people, it makes a circle and everybody's back is scratched. So everybody gives one and gets one. And what the idea there is that you don't have to have the immediate reciprocity, (laughs) that the reciprocity can be very complicated. And the idea of the itchy backs is that you can look at a room differently and say, it's not like I need something from Andy and Andy's going to give something to me. I could go in there and say, okay, there's four people here. These two have this issue we too have this issue. And how could we basically situate Mm -hmm. ourselves better so that we all get what we want? And that really comes down to people walking away from a mentality of scarcity and fear and instead thinking there's enough out there for all of us. Couldn't we all get what we want? Yeah, I love that example. That's a life-saving example. And that's a powerful moment of literal like health outcomes for everyone involved. And online, just as often, it happens in this indirect way where people are just putting the spirit of generosity out there. Who hasn't gotten this email? A friend of a friend is struggling, looking for a position, or he or she is new to the job market, recent graduate, not funny. 
could you please do a call with this happened to me last week? Powerful CEO, not that I need anything per se like, that I can think of, asked me to do a call with his daughter's best friend. She's about to graduate. She has not been able to find any good internships. And you'd love her. She's totally interested in marketing analytics and is new to AI. And it's like, her, she lit up on this half hour call. I'm happy to help her. Why not? What does that cost me? A half hour or an hour of my time? She immediately volunteered to do anything possible. I gave her a bunch of LinkedIn data, which was unstructured data. She's moving it all to a spreadsheet for me so I can have AI do the analysis. I'm about to owe her a big favor. But what I did was I just projected into the world so that when someone asked, sure, David Snyder, big CEO, he says, can you help me with this? Yeah, of course I can. And now I'm just, I want my personal brand and personal reputation to be one that I am happy to help. I'm a useful person to have in your network. And you can reach out to me. And if I can help, I will. I want, even if it's the indirect second and third degree connections, fine. But if that's not my reputation in the long run, that's not only going to be bad for my professional development and career, but it's, it's going to be less fun for me. <laughs> I'm not going to get to help. I'm not going to get to meet as many people or work with as many people. I would do this even if there, I don't really need there to be a direct benefit, I guess is what I'm saying. But in the end, I know for a fact, I'm going to hold up. I don't know if we're using the video here. These are literally handwritten thank you notes from the last week. I have four handwritten thank you notes on my desk from the last maybe two weeks. Wow. That's I, awesome. Here's number five. I'm doing something karmically. I'm right. just doing something right in my life. And that's all I need to worry about is just that I'm a useful, helpful internet citizen that have some utility in to other people. That's actually one of the goals. Okay, but we talked about this a little bit, but people sometimes need to get more clear about what they need. So this guy called you and asked you and said, hey, will you take this call? Like he's being very clear. He's not saying, I don't know. I came across this person. What can you do? <laughs> Instead, he's asking you very pointedly and you're thinking, oh, that is something yep. I can do. Sounds great. But when people dump something on you and you don't, it's so amorphous and you're just, no, it's not, not my problem to solve. It is very difficult to help people. And I also like to point out that what I like to do, even if I'm not getting something back, I like to help people who are helpable. And mm -hmm. I'm going to use this example. So it's a sad story, but in 2011, we had a huge F5 tornado here in Joplin, got lost about 35% of our town in 22 minutes. It was a very difficult time. Three weeks later, I stood on the sidewalk, watched my creative studio burn to the ground. And Somebody walked up to me who was a very accomplished business owner, basically line of sight over about 121 different P&Ls and very far ahead of where I was as a small business. And he walked up to me that day, having lost his offices three weeks prior, and I was housing some of his people as we were working in those three weeks. We were all just all hands on deck. And anybody, you could help them as much as you can for as long as you can with what you can. It was just this mentality. And then... Three weeks later, the tables turn and I'm the person who needs help. <laughs> mm. And you don't see that coming. And he said to me, he goes, come see me today. He goes, I will help you, but you have to come see me today. I'm like, I'm still in shock. I'm like, just absolutely crazy. I went and saw him that day and he told me very hard news to take and gave me instructions that were very hard to do. And I cried for about a good half an hour and then he's like, okay, are we done? Now you're going to go do it. And because of that, I do have a company still. Wow. And I talked to him about 
a year later about that situation. And he said to me, he said, Priscilla, I try and help people all the time. Here's the thing. You were helpable. Because I really was clear about what I need. I need help here. And he goes, I have it. And he's like, then you came, you followed the instructions, and then you did the thing I told you because I knew better in that situation. That's what he was saying. And I believed him. So I went through with it. But how many times someone asks you for help and you help them and then they don't even do anything with it. And that to me messes up that karma. I don't mind helping you, but I would love to see that you're helpable and that you pass it on to somebody else. Be specific and save everyone a little time. I think it makes a big difference. And I think you can see the opposite of that in our LinkedIn inboxes where people just throw vague, is it a pitch? Are they asking for something? Is it like person-friendly banter? And we all have a lot of messages in there. You send me a short message that says, would you mind endorsing me for analytics? I can do that in 10 seconds and everyone got and move on with my day. But I get confused. We all do in these long threads. I'm like, what do we like? You need something? Can I help? It, it, it's confusing. <laughs> but your example is much more impactful than that. It's not just like that. So yeah, that's an excellent point. Thank you for that clarity around the actual need. Because if you tell me what you need, if I can't help you, I'm going to immediately think of who else I might know that can. Right? I can go to the next step and think about my network. But the vague request is, I think, why aren't more people good at that? Priscilla, what stops us from being specific about the need? I don't know, but it's interesting because it was through you who I met Michael Brenner. And then I needed a speaker for an event and I called Michael Brenner up and he goes, you know what? I can't, but I know who could and who would Mm -hmm. like to do it. And he turned me on to Lynn Hurstein. And I actually use that example in the book about itchy backs because he was like, oh, I get what you're asking me. It's very clear. And that's not me, but it is this guy because I've talked with Lynn and he said he would do these things, like I had him on my radar. And so it was just an immediate, uh, just a total lack of waste of time (laughs) because immediately he knew how to help me get what I needed. And Mm -hmm. for him, he was helping somebody else he knew get what they needed because he wasn't available. And to me, it just keeps making this world go round and I completely love it. But let me practice a little bit of this collaboration as the new competition. So just as a major thank you for you coming on the show and once again, always pulling the curtain back and saying, look, we're just people. We're just guys behind the curtain, just pushing a few levers and whatnot. What's coming up for Orbit Media Studios that you'd like to talk about or what you wish people were asking you as it relates to what you do day in and day out? Oh, I have some projects coming up, some content projects where I'm looking to connect with practitioners of AI who are open to sharing some of their more successful prompts. We're moving into an era where people are starting to protect their prompts a little more. So I'm I'm trying to find people who are very transparent. And there's a couple of specific pieces that I'm working on that I think would be, I'm trying to just, I love meeting with and creating notes with people who are deep into AI and have been working on it for months. That's always interesting. But you're also, Priscilla, asking me at a time when I just finished this marathon seasonal barrage of tasks where I have many conferences and many presentations, our blogger research comes out and updating the book is coming up soon. So there's, I'm actually finally ready to take a breather and happy to turn around and be more helpful to others in my network, but always looking for interest to AI practitioners, B2B marketers who are using it in various ways. I'm having a lot of fun just making new friends and sharing new tricks. 
I love it. I love it. And I've got to tell you, I'm going to say it one last time on this show. If you have not read Content Chemistry, you need to read it. And I also, my heart goes out to you with how much you have to keep that up to date. That thing changes. That's how relevant the information is. So it must be an intense labor of love to finish the reviews and the changes and then turn around and start again at the beginning with the reviews and updates and changes. So thank you for keeping it current for so many years. It's appreciated. I'm working on it. (laughs) We always say digital ink is never dry, but print for me is never dry either. (laughs) See, maybe you should take another page from my book, literally here. Just make your next book about an idea, a silly idea you had, and then you don't have to keep updating it. (laughs) Evergreen. Yeah. Don't use screenshots of tools or mention any algorithms. Don't mention any algorithms at all because that stuff's always changing. I've so appreciated over the years how you've been willing to collaborate with me. And even I remember one time when we had a joint client and we were on the phone just disagreeing about something about how it worked on web as opposed to HubSpot. And it was just so helpful to think it through with another professional who is seeing the results of our digital work every day. And so I value this relationship tremendously. Andy, thank you for everything you do in this industry. Thank you, Priscilla. I admire you, your approach your style, your tips, your content, the community you built around you. So thank you for having me on. It's an honor. From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.